Hello, Tiger fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Tiger Sports Report. I'm Ethan Scott, joined alongside Cody Ike and Greg Spencer. We have special guests joined alongside here us today with TJ Eckert, director, sports director of KTUL Channel 8 News. How are you doing today, TJ? What's up, Ethan? What's up, guys? Appreciate you having me on. Good to have you. Good yeah. Of course, of course. So, TJ, what you know? What inspired you? What started you in the uh, in the field of sports journalism? It's a good question. Uh, I normally tell people I didn't know I was going to do this until, like, my sophomore year of college. No, Some people, I mean, I think you guys have probably figured out you want to do something in broadcast media or something like that early. I went into college as a psychology major. So <laughs> it's not too late, kids. You can figure it out at some point. Uh, but I, I, I just always loved sports and stats. And, you know, I had would recite stuff from ESPN or Sports Center when I was, like, eight, nine years old. So that, that's kind of where it started. But then actually wanting to get into broadcast didn't start until I took a speech class my freshman year of college. And I was like, this is kind of fun. And everybody else hated speech. It's public speaking. But I liked it. So that was kind of a sign. And then from there, it just kind of grew into what it is today. Uh, describe an everyday or just describe your regular day as the uh, sports director at KTUL. Yeah, so it, it changes day by day, I mean, you know, season by season, right? Football season, basketball season, whatever. I normally try and tell people a normal schedule. The best I can describe it is 2 to 11, and it's hardly ever 2 o'clock to 11 o'clock, but that's just the best kind of time range. We have a 6 o'clock and a 10 o'clock that we're in for sports, so that's kind of the easiest way I can do it. Uh, for instance, I was at a Tulsa football press conference today, for, or Tulsa basketball press conference, excuse me. Tulsa football was last week. They just announced their new head coach, so we've been doing that. Uh, Live Golf is coming to Tulsa. We've got a press conference type thing for that this week too so I have something like that so really it's just talking to coaches talking to players talking to schools uh, putting together the sports cast at, at channel 8 and most stations nowadays you shoot your own stuff you write it you edit it and then you're the face of it on TV so you do just about everything and so that that's a that's basically what you're doing every day but the content itself changes as with you guys it changes every day so, so let's circle back a little bit back to what you were talking about before but you're a Bixby High School graduate right? yes and you graduated what year 12, 2012. So 10-year 10 10 year reunion was this year. Was so, awesome. so was there anything that you did? You know, you, you were quarterback at Bixby. Did, was there anything that you guys did uh, class-wise that kind of maybe gave you some – maybe when I get to college I might want to do that? You know, it? it's a good question and not really – it was the, the classes and the broadcast side of things in high school didn't really start becoming more prevalent until honestly like the year or two after I left. So we didn't really have anything dedicated directly to broadcast, directly related to media yeah. uh, at Bixby. So everything, my first introduction to any type of studio work was at UCO when I was, was there. So I, it, was, it wasn't until I have 2014, 2015 when I actually started. My, my first studio sportscast, UCO had a newscast in college. We had a, that aired like on Cox or something like that. My first studio rep was 2016 at UCO and then 2017 I got hired in my first TV job who, who were some instrumental people at UCO that you worked with yeah there's a couple that really stand out in terms of the TV side of things had some great professors there but Mark Scott who is yeah. has done a lot yeah, of work around him. here you know Mark 
David Nelson was in the radio side of things, but he's a really well-known figure in, in that realm and has been a really good connection. Uh, Des Hill, I think it's Desiree Hill is her name. She worked as a news director and assistant news director at, I think, Channel 5 in Oklahoma City, so she was a good contact. Uh, and then I interned there at Channel 9 in Oklahoma City. He was Obviously, Dean Blevins isn't at UCO, mm-hmm. but I got my internship through UCO at News 9, so Dean was obviously a really big focal point there for me, too. So how did all the roads lead to KTUL? Started in Joplin after college. I was there for about a year. What station? Uh, KSNF. It was all the right. NBC. So it's a duopoly there in Joplin. Yeah. So there's two stations on the same roof, KSN and KODE. So it was the NBC and the ABC were there. I was at the NBC. I was there for about a year, and then Channel 8 lost both their sports guys at the same time, which was kind of rare. So I, I used the local card, the young and cheap card, and the desperate card, <laughs> and, it, and it seemed to work. So I got there in April of 2018. So we're coming up on the next April will be five years, Channel 8. Do you have any advice for people like me and Ethan that yeah. if we want to pursue the same career as you or how how could we get there? Yeah, sure. It's it's becoming so common now for schools to offer really good programs for broadcast because they're, they're popular jobs and journalism is, is important and growing. Mm-hmm. But in terms of high school stuff, you guys are doing way more than like I just said, we didn't have any, we didn't have a studio at Bixby when I was there. We didn't have broadcast classes when I was at Bixby. So it's grown so much, and you guys have done so much here at BA. That's going to look good. Uh, going to a school that has a good, decent broadcast school, OU, OSU, I, I, I throw UCO out there. Yeah. Yeah, UCO's got a great sure, one. Yeah, um, they do, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think NSU's starting to pick one up in Tahlequah. I don't know that for a fact. Um, but there's there's good schools with, for broadcast. I think Rogers State actually has a decent one too, in, yeah, in yeah. Claremore. So uh, going to a school that has that media type background and, and a place where you can get studio reps, what, whether you want to be on air or behind a camera, I don't know uh, what your goals are. But something that has all those opportunities uh, is is good. And then the internship thing was huge for me. Um, I don't, I wouldn't say the internship is the reason I got my start in TV, but it's, it certainly didn't hurt no, by any yeah. You know, having having a name like a Dean Blevins on your resume or, or you know, if you intern at Channel 6, John Holcomb's name on a resume, those types of things. My name probably won't go very far, so don't don't try and put me down as a reference. It won't go anywhere. But, you know, some of these some of these big-name guys in media in our area really will carry some weight for, for your first job. So the, the advice I would say is find a school that has the, the sports media or the media programs that you want and then just build relationships while you're there, and then the internships while you're there is, is big too. Well, it's, I mean, it's just a testament to how much things have changed, and we talk to these kids all the time. You know, I'm a, a 1998 high school graduate, so, I mean, I was Whoa. still teaching. Yeah, I'm old. Uh, I'm still – there was very little opportunities. It right. was like, you know, everything in, in TV and film almost seemed like a pipe dream. Right. You know, because it was it was the dawn of the digital media era. So when I came here was in 2014. So you were in in college by Mm -hmm. by then. And and these kids, they've got lots of opportunities. And there's there's only so much that you can do, like, you know, even as many opportunities as they have in class every day here. If you don't take advantage of of being able to do some things on your own, Mm -hmm. you know, on top of what we present you here, you're not going to make it. But there are plenty of opportunities. There are. And one thing that has a statement that's kind of stuck out with me that I've heard from a lot of people, so it's not mine, but everybody's a journalist now. I mean, we all have cell phones and social media, so it's so easy now for one of us to go to a football game or go to a, you know, whatever, a shooting or, you know, just a scene of a news type story and pull your phone out and, and record and you know, get an interview. I mean, it's just so easy now to become a journalist or, or be a journalist. So there's 
like you're saying, we were so limited in our opportunities when I was in high school, and then even more so, like you're saying, yeah. back when you were in high school. But now, it's, it, there's so much more you can do. Well, now everybody's a content creator. If yep. you have if you have a social media account, that's right. You're wanting to brand yourself. Everybody's their own personal brand. Yep. So it's really, you know, yeah, there are more opportunities, but there's also more competition. That's exactly right. So how do you distinguish yourself? What lane do you want to take? I mean, these, these kids that we have, you know, we present them with these opportunities. Um, and we, we try to build upon that and keep, you know, Ethan's a, a kid that's been in the program mm-hmm. since he was a sophomore and, and has got to do a variety of things and, you know, is going to go to OSU next year. And we've got kids that are freshmen at OSU right now, you know, being mm-hmm. a part of both the creative team and the Orange Power team. We've got Dylan Rivera, who just yeah. graduated from OU and got hired at Channel 9. That's big time. Um, so we're just continuing to, to give these kids the opportunities to succeed. Yeah, not to – belabor that point too but the opportunity stuff is is growing especially in local news because well just to be blunt it doesn't pay great and so a lot of people don't really like for instance like when i when i came out in 2017 that was only five years ago it was still the norm to start in a small market then climb up to a medium-sized market and then climb up to another now with dylan for he's coming straight from ou to oklahoma city's a top 40 top 45 market i can't remember where they're at now with the latest Nielsen rankings, yeah. but uh, we're hiring people out of college in Tulsa, and so stations like Joplin, stations like Sherman Denison, Texas, all those places are getting stepped over because, well, one, they don't pay well, so it's their fault, but two, <laughs> it's it's just these these kids are are more well equipped right. now yeah. too, and so uh, you you know you may not have to start in Joplin, Missouri, like I did. You may be able to pop over to Fayetteville and then go up to you know Kansas City. I don't know. It's just it's 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 a much more accelerated career path now. Well, and there is a lot of, you know, in what you do as well as in the creative realm and, and everything uh, in sports media right now, there is a lot of changeover too. Like, because you said, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. right out of the gate, these aren't the highest paying jobs, right? Yeah, right but, out the gate, yes. Yeah, but there is growth opportunities yes. there. But you do see a lot of people, you know, you look at a lot of people's resumes that are, you know, 29, 30 years old, and it's they've already had four or five stops yes. sometimes. Well, and that's, and I should, I, I was honest with the pay thing, but and also to be honest, you can make a good living in, in media. Yeah. I mean, people mm-hmm. who are working in Tulsa are, are making are making good money. So it's, it's you know, if you start out in a really small market, you're not going to make a lot of money, but you're also young and probably not married yet. And, and so, and so you don't, your expenses aren't that high anyway, yeah, so it doesn't yeah. matter. Uh, but yeah, once you work up to a Tulsa and work up to an Oklahoma City and all those, I mean, you can you can make a good living in, in broadcast. Well, you're a guy that gets to see a lot, like I said, a, a big variety of, of sports in yep. the state of Oklahoma, both mm-hmm. at the collegiate level, professional level. Let's. Uh, these guys on the pod earlier this year had several uh, bedlam battles throughout the year. Oh my goodness! Uh, yeah, <laughs> Ethan was pretty hard on Cody over here, just saying that there was no way. Oklahoma could be OSU this year, but we're not going to talk about that. Yikes. What we are going to talk about is tell us a little bit about why do you think the, the, the both teams struggled a little bit and didn't meet expectations this year? Uh, you know, OU had so much turnover, and I think if it was any other program outside of OU, it would these expectations wouldn't have been as high, right? I mean, the expectation every year is to win a Big 12, beat for a national championship. Regardless of your coaches, regardless of the roster turnover, you just are expected to do that. I think it, you know, any other program in the country with that kind of turnover, new staff, it was going to be hard to win. And so that was part of the problem. Uh, the ball started rolling downhill pretty quick after after Gabriel gets hurt in TCU. He misses that Texas game. And then it kind of just, the wheels. Yeah, it's never they, quiet. They couldn't, 
It's like the defense would yes. play a good, good one game, the offense you know, couldn't get in sync. When we talk about, when we hear coaches talk about little things, the little things happened a lot, and they turned into big things for OU this year. When he, and Venables kept talking about complimentary, complimentary football, and they, football, they just couldn't play it. Lack of discipline, yeah. all of those things just kind of snowballed for OU. And so uh, OU fans are historically impatient. And I, maybe all fan nations are, I don't know. But that's just that's just the way OU fans are. Yeah, I, mean, are. I think any any program of, of that, with that yeah, much absolutely. long tradition, everybody's got well, a lot, you, lot of you, impatience. First 500 or worse record in a season since 98, right? Yeah, so, close to 98. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> so that, that that was the main thing for OU. I think give them time. You know, they're doing some good stuff in the portal now. The recruiting class is still top 10, so yeah. they'll be fine. OSU, I think their, their problems just stem from injury, right? Yeah. I mean, Sanders, mm-hmm. when he was healthy, looked like the best player in the Big 12. And then OSU looked like really the best team in the Big 12, honestly. Uh, they played TCU well in Fort Worth. Probably should have won that game. And then things went downhill from there because Sanders wasn't healthy, it seemed like. And then they, they lost some other guys, too. But when your quarterback's not healthy and he's that good, that's kind of the problem. So I, it just – it was a weird year for Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, even I mean, Tulsa we, was average and yeah. lost their head coach. So it was just a weird year for a college football year. You know, kids kids their age have really not experienced – both OU and OSU having you, down seasons. Neither yeah, one of you. Know, it's been a long time. You guys were born, what, like 03, 04? 04. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see? So. 06? Yeah. Oh, 06. Jeez. <laughs> My sister was born in 2000, and I thought she was young. And I, here we are. I, it's, uh, yeah, because OU hasn't had a losing season for your entire lifetime. Yeah. And if they lose the bowl game, they'll have a losing season. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. just bizarre to think. And, o, and OSU's been really good for your entire existence. You've been alive for the whole Mike Gundy era. So. Yeah. <laughs> crazy to think about as much as it pains me to say this i think oh you yeah next year probably a big 12 uh big 12 lock in my opinion i think they probably will do some crazy things without the transfer portal, portal. They, they've yeah. done they've done well early on um it'll be interesting to see what the schedule they still haven't released the big 12 schedule i don't know what they're still working out you know there's trying rubric. to figure out how to incorporate the yeah i get the, the new teams, teams in there mm-hmm. it's uh honestly when i was asked at the beginning of the season even knowing all the departures and the new staff and the new systems i still picked ou to win the big 12 it just didn't seem like there was a team yeah. coming into the year that could kind of step up and take it and then obviously we were wrong. And yeah. the reason we were wrong is because TCU surprised everybody mm-hmm. to do what they did. So and Kansas State too, yeah. Kansas State looked good too. So it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see next year for, for OU. OSU loses a bunch of key pieces in the portal, but they gained, they've gained a couple recently. So we'll be, it'll be interesting to see how they rebound off of this season too. What about the Thunder? You, you had a chance to pay much attention to the Are we trying to, to win right now? Is that <laughs> – it's <laughs> – you know, it's 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 a much you know more fan. It's it's a more exciting brand of basketball so far this year. Mm-hmm. I think if, if Chet Holmgren had not got hurt, oh, you'd be man. feeling even better yeah. about him. But they are kind of subtly doing some things that make you. It's like it's real subtle tanking so far. It's like all right, yeah. uh, Andrew Wiggins, you get to play twenty five minutes. Like it's like <laughs> yeah. there's like three guy, three or four guys that play every night, and then well, shuffling in these other guys. And I made the point on TV actually last night. Uh, what was that? Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday night. Uh, I made the point that there's been what twenty seven games. There were ten and or eleven and sixteen or ten and seventeen, something like that. And five separate times they've had a winning or losing streak of three games. It's yeah. really weird. You, teams are they're kind of going in spurts. Either three game win yeah. streak, three game losing streak, four game win streak. Right now they're on a three game losing streak yeah. going into tonight. So it's an interesting team. Uh, it's much more fun to watch them right now as opposed to some of the teams yeah. they've, they've put on the court in years past. Uh, SGA's a stud. I still this this is what I'm worried about though, and and it's 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 not necessarily a bad thing because the I think even if you went completely all in and were mm-hmm. you know, playing your best seven eight every night, they, they may still not be good enough to make the playoffs this year. But 
I think we're going to have some mysterious injuries pop up after the All-Star break. Well, and the, and the fear is that you're trying to get Shay to the All-Star game. There's, the fear is that you either just barely creep in the playoffs yeah. or you're the first team out. Yeah. And at that point, it's like, what 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 was the point of the season, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't you weren't going to win a title. You weren't going to you, – now your draft pick is going to be, what, middle of the first round? Yeah. I mean, I know they have the, the capital to move up. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but it's tough. It's pe- people. Yeah. People kind of thought that the last couple of years, though. Oh, you know, why can't they move from six to two? It's like, well, kind of hard. It's hard, especially when there's yeah. you know there's only typically like seven, eight elite type guys in a draft. So. Yeah, and and I feel like this is probably the last. You know, if if to me, if it, just just keep doing what they're doing right now, find a way to 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 keep competing, get shade of the All Star game, and then. You know, you're probably going to still wind up in the lottery. Maybe, maybe the yeah, the, the lottery gods bless you and you move up, kind of like the Pelicans got yeah. a few years ago with Zion. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody's you know fighting for Vic, but there's going to be some other good players in this class as well. So you go into next season with a healthy Chet, healthy one more extra draft pick, sure, at least, and then you look at this surplus of picks that they've got year after year. I think mm-hmm. it's the 24 draft they could potentially have. Uh, three first round picks because they own the Rockets yeah. and the Clippers picks yeah. that year, and it's one of them's unprotected and one of them's uh, top four protected. And the crazy thing, we've already got one extra uh, lottery pick out of the Clippers trade. Out mm-hmm. of the yeah, we, we got the Jalen Williams, who's turned yes. out to be really well, a really nice player. Um, but ne- you know the way that the the Clippers are having so many injuries and not being kind of the elite team that we thought they were. Those those picks could end up being pretty nice as the years go on and your formative years both you guys the thunder have always been good too right I kind mean, kind of oh, yeah, yes and no I mean, like i mean right, that, i mean <laughs> i mean they've, yeah it's, it's i mean not it's, right it's, now obviously in your high school years but yeah. i mean before that they up were, until yeah, 2016 they were yeah pretty, they were all right yeah. but i've been a lakers fan since like 2009 so um <laughs> Any other team, I just don't really care about them personally. So are you like a Are you like a Yankee fan? Okay. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> you're exactly on, right. TJ. You're exactly yeah. right. He's Yankees, the default Duke. American. Yeah. Default I don't like American. Duke. I don't like default Duke. American. North Carolina. Cowboys. I don't Lakers, like Duke. Yankees. Who's your college basketball team? Oklahoma State. Oh, okay, that's fine. I th- uh, Gonzaga. He used to be. <laughs> yeah, just like I was a Duke blood. fan in fifth grade, Greg. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. Fifth grade. We got him pegged. That was good. <laughs> Anyways, guys, we're unfortunately running out of time. That's a shame. It is a shame for (laughs) sure. Thank you so much, TJ, for joining us here today. And uh, thank you, Greg, for joining us as well. When we get back, we're going to be talking the FIFA World Cup. I'll be joined alongside Erica Gray, Bianca Reeder, and Coda Willie. So, yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us once again. And we will be right back with more Tiger Sports Report after this. Right now, get $200 from TTCU Federal Credit Union when you open a new checking account with direct deposit. What would you buy with $200? Cars, race cars, my own apartment, 100 coloring books, and a puppy. Or maybe some groceries and a tank of gas. $200 for whatever works for you from TTCU. Because life is better in balance. What is up, you guys? Welcome back to the Tiger Sports Report. I'm joined with Erica Gray, Coda Willie, and Ethan Scott. Let's talk some World Cup. Alrighty, how do we feel about Brazil and Portugal not advancing? Um, my personal opinion, Brazil, very, very good soccer team. I, you know, I like Brazil. Pretty cool, pretty cool country, pretty cool kits, pretty cool everything. But um, I just don't think they really had it this year. And um, you know, them losing to Croatia was definitely a heartbreaking fashion. 
um, you know, a sad way to go out. But, you know, it's it just wasn't their year, in my opinion. I know a lot of people were hyping them up. They were the favorites, technically, actually, to win it all. But it's just, yeah, Brazil's very, very good, very, very talented. Neymar's very talented. But, you know, in my opinion as well, Neymar has one more in him. He's only 30. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess next World Cup I'll root for the guy because I want to see a guy win, world, win, win one, you know. But uh, th- this year, in my opinion, I-, I wanted Messi to win it. I've grown up loving Messi, so I want Messi to win the World Cup, obviously. And, you know, Argentina just stamped their ticket to the uh, World Cup final over uh, Croatia. So very, very good job from Lionel Messi and the whole crew there. And when it comes to Portugal's side, um, Ronaldo, in the last uh, couple of years, I'd say, ever since he left Juve, for sure, actually, um, very selfish. Not really, you know, the same Cristiano Ronaldo you know, that we all grew up knowing. Um, he actually was actually training today, I believe, with his son at uh, the Santiago Bernabeu in yeah, Real Madrid. I have no idea how he did that. Yeah. He, I guess him and uh, Fiorentina Perez have a good relationship. But him going out the way he did, it's tough to see, you know, Portugal. They lost to Morocco, mm-hmm. which also a huge shout-out to Morocco. They're actually, unfortunately, losing right now 1-0 to France in the uh, semifinal as we record this. But, I mean, that's the first ever African nation to make a World Cup semifinal. Yeah. So, really good job for Morocco. You know, very impressive. Hakimi's been going crazy. I know, you, I know you've seen Hakimi Kota. Oh, I know you've seen him. He's crazy, 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 crazy guy. Yeah. Very fast. Um, but, yeah, Ronaldo just, you know, I don't think it was his year. I don't think he really, you know, came into this World Cup with a really good mindset, especially after what's been going on at Manchester United. So, it, it makes sense that Portugal struggled the way they did and, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how the younger generation of Portugal bounces back in the 2026 World Cup with players like um, Jota and uh, Joao Felix. So, yeah. All righty, Coda. Yeah, uh, you know, Brazil, that was my team. I wanted them to win this year. I really thought they were. They had a very good team. Uh, it sucks, you know, I was watching the game, you know, went to penalty kicks and we lost in that. It's a very sad situation. Uh, I really thought Neymar, I know he was talking about retiring and not coming back to another World Cup, but he ha- he is going to be here next World Cup, so that's even better. Uh, it sucks for Ronaldo, last World Cup, couldn't make it to the finals, very sad. Uh, you know, I am actually going to be going for Argentina now. You know, I want Messi to, I know I really didn't want them to win, but... I want Messi to win one. He's going to be his last World Cup, too. So I really hope they can pull it off. So. All righty. Erica? Um, yeah. Brazil losing to Croatia, I, it's a respectable loss. I mean, Croatia is really good. Mm-hmm. And it's upsetting that they're out now since they were in the finals last World Cup. Um, and Portugal, in my opinion, I mean, like, they're good. They have Ronaldo, but... I feel like this tournament, he just wasn't really finishing and wasn't really doing what he usually does, and he didn't start the last game. He just really wasn't on top of it, and I just think Portugal um, really only offers individual skill within their players, and they don't really offer very good um, chemistry on the team. And like what Erica was saying with uh, Croatia, you know, yeah, a very, very solid team. When we think about players from Croatia like, like Luka Modric, for example – I mean, very underrated guy. He's going to yeah. go down, in my opinion, as probably a top three midfielder all time behind Zinedine Zidane and a couple others. The guy is insane, and he's been doing this forever. Like, he did it in Tottenham. He did it. He's been doing it in Real Madrid. I mean, the guy's a star, a stud, and, you know, definitely definitely Croatia beating Brazil is respectable. It's not like Croatia oh, lost. Yeah. It's not like Brazil lost to 
um, Saudi Arabia. You yeah. know, they lost to a very respectable Croatia side. So, you know. They yeah, have a very good defense. Yeah, very, very good very defense good and a very good midfield. Yeah. Alrighty, who are our World Cup predictions now? I know they were a little different last week, but mm. what are they now? Starting with Erica. Um, definitely France and Argentina for the final. Um, I'm really hoping Argentina pulls through and wins it. Um, just because France already got one, so I think it's Argentina's turn. And um, I, it's going to be a really good game because both teams, I feel that they play very similar. And so it's going to be a good game. Alrighty, Coda. Yeah, so, you know, today I was going back and forth. I didn't know if I want France to win because right now they're winning, so they're probably going to advance. So I didn't know if I wanted to go for them to break the World Cup, you know, curse, you know, everyone has it, or for Argentina, for Messi and all these guys that are going to be retiring after this year. But I decide, you know, it's going to be Argentina. I want them to win. Like she said, France already has one from last last World Cup, so hopefully Argentina can pull one off before Messi retires. Lastly, Ethan, how are we feeling? Argentina, all the way. I want Argentina to win so bad. Lionel Messi, as I just said earlier, grew up watching the guy. Had him as my wallpaper back in 2014 really? on my Nook tablet. <laughs> the dude is a beast. And, I mean, it's just, you know, so inspiring. He's had an amazing World Cup oh, run, yeah. too. Like, oh, the guy's yeah. going crazy. Five goals mm-hmm. at 35. That's the most ever yeah. by a person 35 or older. Yeah, so, great. I mean, he's just so fun to watch. And France, I, I don't think if they do make it to the final against Argentina, while France is also probably one of the strongest nations in the World Cup, you know, in this whole tournament, I mean, Kylian Mbappe – Beast. Nothing like it. Just yeah. insane. Insane finishing, insane speed, and now he's honestly got insane dribbling too. Um, while I, I I think France is a good side, France at the same time, historically, not the best team in World Cup finals. Um, we remember in 06 against Italy when Zinedine Zidane, I, I mentioned him earlier, quite literally headbutted um, an Italian player in the 118th minute, I think, before going to penalties. So, I mean, they just, you know, they had Thierry Henry way back in the day, too. I think they did win it in 2002, if I remember right, um, against Brazil. No, they lost in 2002. Yeah. Against I don't really remember, personally. I, I know they, they have lost. won from the yeah. 2000s, though. They did win one in the 2000s, and then they won, of course, in 2018. But, I mean, historically speaking, not the best team in the finals, and I just think whenever they do face Argentina, Argentina's defense is very solid, their midfield very solid, and, of course, that tack with Luchuaro, Martinez, and Lionel Messi and Aniel Di Maria, that's going to be a fun attacking third to watch. And I just think Argentina are the favorites to win this World Cup now, especially with Messi. They're doing this for passion. This has nothing oh, yeah. to do with their own personal careers at this point. They want to see their captain, mm-hmm. El Capitan. No matter what, it's going to be an amazing It's going to be an amazing final. I hope game. I hope it's not a, re- a rewatch of 2014 yeah. when Messi was last in the final. Because, I mean, that game was incredible at the end. But, I mean, just a snooze fest all throughout. Yeah. So, I mean... Just I'm just hoping Messi pulls it off. Yeah, for sure. It's gonna be a really good game. All righty. Since we were just talking about Argentina, how do we feel about them almost losing to the Netherlands? Well, they were up two 0 and mm-hmm. the Dutch made a very very good comeback. I mean, we saw that free kick. That thing just rolled in. That's literally one of the craziest finishes I've ever seen. I mean, nuts. But I mean, if you're Argentina, don't focus on that at all. You won. And then you beat Croatia, and that was the round of a, or that was the quarterfinal that that happened. I'm sure mentally they are way past it. They did amazing in penalty kicks. Um, Emilio Martinez, that's their keeper, right? Emilio Martinez, it's Martinez. I think. Yeah. Um, from Aston Villa, went off in PKs. They made a 
the six foot eight Netherlands keeper. I forgot his name out of nowhere, which stinks. The guy's a stud. He'll probably become a big deal, you know, after this World Cup. I mean, he was doing great. But I mean, they made him look silly in that PK yeah. uh, shootout. So I, I think they're mentally past it. And I mean, I, I mean, personally, for me watching, brush it off, move on to the next. And that's exactly what they did when they beat Croatia. Yeah, no, it was scary watching it, though. And when it went to penalty kicks, I was like, man, this is crazy. It's going to be a very good game from here on out. And when they won, just happy for them, you know, glad. But it's, that's in the past. You just got to move forward. You're in the finals now, so you just got to focus on that, and that's it. Yeah, like um, what Ethan was saying, I think their game against Croatia was kind of their – they knew that they the Netherlands game shouldn't have gone that way, and I think that they started out strong, and they kind of lost it a little bit along with – and the Netherlands is a good team. Like it's not like it was like some random – come back and Argentina just started playing horrible. Like, mm-hmm. They're a respectable team. So I think that beating Croatia 3-0 was like they're getting back for it. I, mean, I saw that dude Virgil van Dijk's face. That man looked like he had anger. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, as she's saying, the Dutch, the Netherlands, a very respectable team. And, you know, a game going that far, you know, they actually faced each other in the 2014 semifinals too, and Argentina won on penalty kicks as well. So, I mean, yeah, very respectable uh squad right there in the Netherlands and again like I said Messi and Argentina have definitely just mentally gotten past that they're not even worried about that game anymore they're strictly focused on the final as they should be yep Alrighty, that was my last question for you guys thank you so much thank you so much Bianca and thank you Erica and Coda when we get back Coda or Cody Ike will be back in the seat with me and we will be talking NFL football and uh, yeah we'll be right back with more Tiger Sports Report after this recently you've had to put your life on hold and we're with you in this At Ascension St. John, we're now open for appointments and we are fully prepared for your safety and our care. As we open our doors again, our doctors, nurses, and care teams will continue to wear personal protective equipment. We've taken even more steps to clean and stringently disinfect all areas. We will maintain distancing in our waiting rooms and will continue to limit visitors. And we will still screen all staff to protect their health and yours. Our emergency rooms are here 24-7. Please do not delay care. We're still delivering babies and performing surgeries. And we're open for your appointments, from specialists in surgical care to routine care and health screenings. Ask us about virtual visits. Ascension St. John continues to care for you, as we have been for almost a century. Thank you for trusting us. Hello, Tiger fans. Welcome back to the Tiger Sports Report. I'm joined alongside now Jaden Stewart and Ethan Walker. And, of course, Cody Ike's back here on the set with us. Uh, guys, the NFL looking pretty enticing so far throughout the season. Playoff picture, you know, starting to kind of form up a little bit as we get later into the year. Jaden, we'll start with you, man. What's What are some teams that have really just, you know, surprised you so far this season? I think the Lions, they're surprising. They started off going offense, but lost like five or so straight, one six, and they've just been on roll since. Dan Campbell's really fixed his team and disciplined them, and they're doing really good this season. What about you, Cody? Uh, I would have to go with the most surprising being the Seahawks because they lost their starting quarterback in Russell Wilson. Geno Smith really did step up in a way that we didn't expect him to do and lead this team uh to the amount of wins that they have now. Of course, the receiving core is obviously pretty solid, and they get Noah fan from the trade, but Geno Smith really stepped up to help them get to where they are right now. Uh, me personally, I have to go with what Jaden said. Uh, I think the Lions are probably going to clinch the seventh seed. They are second in the north. 
Uh, this is like the first time in many years that they've been that. Uh, I think they will outbeat either the Commander or Giants because they have a pretty easy schedule for the rest of the season. Commanders have a little bit of competition. And uh, I believe they play the Vikings by the end of the season. And the only really competitor that the Lions have to face is the uh, Packers. So, uh, you know, in your guys' opinion now, let's ask this. Who is the best team, like undisputed in the NFL? Ethan, let's start with you. Uh, best team in the NFL currently is, I mean, record-wise, I would have to say probably... Uh, ignore record. What is the strongest team right now, in your opinion? Kansas Power City Chiefs. Rankings. I think Kansas City Chiefs is the best team in the NFL right now. I agree, the Chiefs. I would probably go with the Eagles just because the Chiefs are lacking in defensive. While the Eagles, the Eagles really have no weak spots. I do think the 49ers are also up there, but losing their two quarterbacks really does hurt. But I would probably say the Eagles, they have no weak spots in any part of their team. Put my two cents in. I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, this isn't bias at all. This is literally, you know, when you beat a team by 40, a uh, complete utter shutout against, you know, like the Vikings who were first place at that time. I mean, on the road as well, um, pretty impressive. And to score 33 points in the fourth quarter against the Colts is also pretty impressive. They barely etched it out over the Texans, though. That's definitely going to hurt their rep, in my opinion. But, I mean, still, I'd say they're stronger than the Eagles, in my opinion, because I hate Philly. So, anyways, though, moving on. Let's talk about some fantasy football now. Jaden, start with you. What are some uh, what's some advice you have for you know fantasy football players heading into this next week? I think Zavin Knight would be a great pickup. He's had 15 touch touches in the past three games, and he could really help you make a playoff push. And he's just been doing really good. That's what they like running the ball because Mike White. Yeah, and also J.K. Dobbins. I would start him. His first game back from injury, he got 120 yards. He looked really good, and with Lamar out, they're going to really rely on their Ryan game. I think uh, if you haven't already picked him up, Trevor Lawrence can definitely be a good pickup, and Evan Ingram scoring 39 points last week. Uh, and Trevor Lawrence winning Offensive Player of the Week was a really big step up, so those duo would be great for the end of the season. All right, now, uh, Ethan, let's continue with you. Who are some players to uh, drop heading into this next week? Uh, he was definitely picked really high up, but I believe Jonathan Taylor should be dropped because he is he hasn't been performing at all this season. Along with Cam, I mean, if you have Cam Anchors, you're literally, I don't I don't know, I don't you don't have Cam Anchors on your team or probably uh, Mari Cooper too because Deshaun Watson literally sucks up football. So, watch you, Jaden. Well, if anyone staffs Deshaun Watson, I definitely drop him. <laughs> He's just horrible this year and yeah two years out of the league will do that to you for sure yeah anyways guys that right there is gonna make it to where we are out of time here on the nfl segment when we get back me and cody we're gonna have our favorite segment i know cody it's his favorite segment of course it's my favorite segment too college football cherish booth will be joined alongside us as well to moderate that and yeah we'll be right back with some more tiger sports report after this For families who like to build their wealth while staying liquid, we have flexible rate CDs to keep your funds working hard, even when you're not. First National Bank of Broken Arrow. The right balance. Welcome back to the Tiger Sports Report. I'm Cherish Booth here with Cody Ike and Ethan Scott. Let's talk some college football. Ethan, in your opinion, which bowl game will be the most interesting? Um, 
personally, you know, with it being the playoffs, obviously uh, the playoff games will be the most interesting. I think uh, I think Ohio State and Georgia is going to be an absolute belter. That should be very, very fun. Uh, forgive me, I actually don't know what the bowl games are called for the playoffs this year. I think the Fiesta Bowl is one of them. Uh, I don't know who's playing in that, but um, I'm not too polished on that right now. Definitely Ohio State and uh, Georgia is going to be fun. And Michigan and TCU will sh- should also be fun. My dream scenario for the college football national championship is Ohio State versus Michigan. Like, I'm hoping Ohio State can pull off the win against Georgia and that Michigan can pull off the win against TCU because then, dude, that big of a rivalry in the national championship, that would, like, be Duke-North Carolina-type rivalry status right there. That'd just be so fun to watch. So I'm definitely most amped for the playoff games. I'm also excited for uh, Tennessee and uh, – Kansas State, I believe. I think they're playing each other. I can't actually remember now as well. I'm excited for Tennessee State or Tennessee's uh, bowl game, though, too. That's going to be fun to watch. Cody? Uh, I'm probably going to say Michigan versus TCU because it's either going to be a shootout on both teams. It's going to be a very high-scoring game. Or I think Michigan just blows TCU out of the water. I, I think that too. Yeah, that's it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be one of those outcomes. I think Michigan wins either way. Michigan is a better team overall than TCU. But TCU kind of snuck in here. They did good. They did good. Don't get me wrong. But I think they kind of snuck in here. But I do think it'll be a fun game to watch because I'm, I'm surprised the committee never moved them down after they lost to Kansas State yeah. too in the playoff. Like they just stayed at three. That was, that was a little bit surprising. Kind of surprising, yeah. So Cody, what are your thoughts on the college football playoff standings? Uh, I think the standings are good overall. Again, I don't know if TCU really fits in because of like how good the other teams are. Uh, I but other like the other rankings, I think they're fine. I think their rankings are fine other than TCU. But I don't really know what team you would put over TCU. So I'm I, I'd probably say that they're fine. I I, I like them. I'd say, yeah, I'd say they're pretty good too. And uh, yeah, TCU. I I think them staying in the playoff it did surprise me for sure. But at the same time. The main reason they did stay in the playoff is because the fact that USC lost as badly as they did to Utah in the uh, Pac-12 championship. So, um, you know, it, it, TCU, Max Dugan, especially that quarterback, dude, he is going to be playing with heart in this uh, in this playoff game. I mean, he was literally crying yeah. after that Kansas State loss when they lost by three. The dude rushed for like over 100 yards, I think. He was going crazy. So, <clears throat> you know, I, I think it's pretty fair. Alabama not making it makes me happy. For sure. Um, but, yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty good ranking overall, and I, I'm just really excited for the playoffs. So that actually leads me into the next question. Ethan, tell me your thoughts on Alabama not making the Final Four. It's a blessing. It's a blessing for American sports. It's a blessing for world sports. The fact that Alabama finally hasn't made the college football playoff, we're actually going to have an enjoyable uh, playoff outcome. That's not going to result in Alabama making the national championship. So, you know. While I respect Nick Saban, what he's done with that program, of course, I mean, it doesn't go without saying Alabama is the greatest college football yeah. team of all time. I mean, come on now. But at the same time, you love to see them lose. It's very fun. Um, I'm, I'm actually, you know, speaking of Alabama not making it, the fact that Ohio State made it at number four, though, that also brings joy to me. Because if you remember about a couple years ago, Alabama was outside the top four along with Ohio State. And it was a huge speculation for like a whole week whether or not Alabama or Ohio State were going to make it. Alabama made it. And the reason being was student size. I'm not even kidding. Student body size. It was because they were so evenly matched. So Ohio State fans definitely felt, you know, cheated out of that. So, you know, Alabama not making it this year. Ohio State fans are definitely, you know, sitting in their seats cheering like crazy. Cody, 
Uh, I think it's a good mix-up seeing Alabama in the Big Four for the, as long as they've been in there every year. You just kind of expect Alabama to be there. It's kind of like when you finally get a marshmallow in uh, the Lucky Charm Bowls. Yes, it's it's a good switch-up. You get a little you get a little taste. You get a little excitement whenever you don't get to see them in there. It's a good switch-up, and overall, I think it's good for the college football scenario. For sure. So, last question, Cody. What are your thoughts on the Heisman? Uh, you know, I'm honestly not really surprised. Caleb Williams did really good. Uh, yeah, they lost to Utah twice, so that's the only thing that was kind of bringing him down was losing to Utah twice. But he deserved it. Like, if you look at his stats compared to the other the other candidates, he had the best stats out of all of them by far. I don't think you can discredit him too much on the Utah losses. Obviously, it's a smudge on the trophy, but it's not as big of a smudge as anybody else's. I'm going to make my point really quickly because we're kind of running out of time. Um, C.J. Stroud deserved it, in my opinion, with Ohio State. Dude had, the, dude had the best season out of all of them and, you know, was the most consistent. Like we're talking about Caleb Williams losing to Utah. Mm-hmm. All his fault, both games mostly. The guy was throwing picks. The guy was fumbling the ball, just not playing well. Also, he's cocky. I mean, I'm not yeah. going to say what he had written on his I fingernails. That. I, I respect it, too, because, you know, it's a swagger type thing, you know, as a football player. But I'm not, I'm not even going to mention what he had on his fingernails. But, like, yeah. dude, how are you going to write down on your fingernails and then lose by, like, 20-plus in the Pac-12 championship? It's just embarrassing. I, I think they just gave it to him because, you know, it's Caleb Williams. He's so fun to watch. Oh, man, this guy's awesome. But C.J. Stroud, in my opinion, deserved it 100%. I also put Max Dugan over, nah. over Caleb Williams. I do, personally. The guy had an amazing year in the Big 12 when TCU was supposed to be a bottom-tier school. So, yeah, Caleb Williams winning it, not my favorite, but, I mean – Heisman voters have their have their say. I mean, you can't change it unless it's 2005. So, Reggie Bush. That's all I have. Thank you so much, Cherish. Guys, everybody, thank you so much for uh, staying with us throughout this first semester of the school year for the Tiger Sports Report. It's been fun. We can't wait to come back in a couple weeks after winter break. Me and Cody, we're going to be itching to get back in the podcast seat. And, uh, yeah, Cody, you have any last words? No, I got I said everything I needed to say. Awesome. Guys, thank you so much for watching. Me and Cody Ike, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much for watching the Tiger Sports Report. Have a good day.